Alright, quickly, let's quickly turn our Bibles now to Mark, Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter number 14. Amen. It's going to be awesome today. Please bring family and friends next week. Amen. It's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of fun. Hallelujah. And if you are in my life group, uh, please be ready to win. Make sure you go to the gym this week and, and come sharp and fit because we are taking this trophy. Amen. It's that simple. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter number 14. So today we are talking about overcoming the spirit of fear. We want to overcome the spirit of fear. Amen. Um, how many of you know that God is not the source of fear? Um, if, in fact, if you go to Second Timothy chapter number 1 verse 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So fear does not come from God. Now if you go into the world, they will say things like a little fear is good for you, not according to scripture. It says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what has he given us? He has given us uh, power. Amen. That's what we get from God. We get power and we get love and of a sound or well-balanced mind. So God has given to you and me the spirit of love the spirit of power to be able to overcome in life and a well-balanced, sound, harmonious mind. Amen. Amen? When you have nightmares and stress and so on and so forth, the source of all of that is not God. Because with God, you get a sound mind which produces peace in your heart, which produces peace in your soulish realm. The Bible says for, it, 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 is, it calls it the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. So it's an, it's an unreasonable peace. Amen? And when you step out of uh, uh, the, the, the faith realm, you step into the fear realm. And in the fear realm, there's panic. Have you ever seen people that just panic? Just panic, man. Just panic about everything. The source of all of that is not God. Amen? amen? I said amen. amen. It's the devil. Because God does not give you and I the spirit of fear. Let's read quickly Matthew chapter number 14 from verse 22 to verse 33. And straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, or it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But straight away Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Man, this is powerful. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come unto thee on the water. In other words, I also want to walk on water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked out of, on the water. Did you see that? Peter walked on water. 
to go to Jesus, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? Afraid. I didn't hear that. Afraid. I didn't hear that. Afraid. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Amen. Let's break down quickly to verse 22 as we dissect this scripture. Watch what he says in verse 22. And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the what? I didn't hear that. So Jesus' instruction was not to board the ship and drown along the way. Amen. Jesus' instruction was to board the ship and meet him on the other side. So we need to pay attention to the instruction. What is the instruction concerning your life in the Word? The instruction is, for, is never for you to fail. The Apostle Paul wrote and said, Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. In other words, God always causes us to win. He never gave a single instruction for us to go and drown along the way. Amen? So the instruction was, Hey boys, I want you to get on the ship and I'm going to see you on the other side. And if Jesus says it, it's going to come to pass. Hallelujah. Watch what happened in verse 23. Verse 23. Um, and when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In other words, there was a storm. Amen. There was a storm. The disciples are sitting in the boat and there's a big storm. And these were professional fishermen. They wouldn't be intimidated by a little Mickey Mouse storm. It was a big storm. Yeah. Amen. And while they were sitting in there, Jesus, verse 25, came on the fourth watch walking on the sea. How many of you know that Jesus is not intimidated by your problems no matter how big you might perceive them to be? Jesus came walking on the very thing that they thought could destroy them. And I came to tell somebody this morning that every problem in the world has been put under the foot and the feet of Jesus Christ. And there is not a single problem that Jesus cannot walk on. I have a question for you. Who was there first, God or the devil? I didn't hear that. You sure about that? Are you sure? Yeah. So you're saying God was there first? Now, is God your problem or is your solution? Solution. So you are telling me that the solution was there before the problem ever came? So what's the problem? Amen. The, the solution was there before the problem ever came. All we need to do is to ask the one who has the solution. And he will give it to us. So the, the Bible says Jesus came walking on the water. He came walking on the very thing that was giving them problems. Amen? But the first thing Jesus says in verse 25, 
It's very interesting. In verse 26, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straight away, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of what? I didn't hear that. Jesus said, Be of good cheer. Well, let me tell you something, Jesus. If you want me to be of good cheer, here is what you can do. Calm the storm, take the ship, and put me on the shores, and I will be of good cheer, right? But no, Jesus is saying, enjoy the process. Be of good cheer while you are going through it. Because as long as you and I are in this world, we are going to be faced with persecution. Remember when he gave out the parable of the man that built a house? He said in the end, when the storm comes. He didn't say, if the storm comes. What does that mean? That means problems are coming your way. Amen? And instead of you being depressed about your problems, be of good cheer while you are going through what you are going through. Hallelujah! <laughs> A lot of people are postponing their breakthroughs because of what they are going through. You know, I'm going to enjoy my life once I get older and I buy and I get a job and I can buy Nando's for myself. Then I'm going to enjoy life. And then they get a job and they start buying Nando's for them. Well, I'm going to enjoy life when I get married. And then they get married and then they decide, well, I'm only going to start enjoying life when I have children. And then they have children, them little ones running around and tearing up the whole place. And they postpone their breakthrough. They postpone their joy. Well, I'm going to enjoy life when they move out. When we, you and I, honey, are an emptiness, that's when we're going to enjoy. No, Jesus is saying, be of good cheer where you are. And guess what? When these little ones move out at 18 or whatever, then they get depressed. They moved out. And then they say, okay, I'm going to enjoy life when I retire. So they keep postponing their joy. And then when they retire and they're getting ready to enjoy life, they realize they don't have enough energy to enjoy the life. <laughs> so they just live their wasted life postponing their enjoyment and being of good cheer because of what they were going through. Jesus said, be of good cheer where you are. While the storm is still brewing. Hey, you, be of good cheer. Some of you are waiting, Pastor, I'm going to be of good cheer when I get my job. How many of you know that when you stop that cheer, when you, what does the Bible say about cheer and joy? It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. Now go with me to Joshua chapter number 1 verse 6. Joy is important. Amen. Being discouraged and dismayed stops the flow of the power of God through you. Amen. But when you're cheerful, you can let the power of God flow through you. Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter number 1, verse 6. Someone shout, I will be of good cheer all of the days of my life. Someone shout, I will not postpone my joy because of what I'm going through. See, you can have fun going through what you're going through. Amen. You can put in some praise and worship beats and just have fun while you're waiting for the next breakthrough. Amen. Amen. See, because as you do that, you're letting the power of God flow through you. Discouragement, man, the, uses, the devil uses discouragement to stop the flow of God through you. Watch what he says in verse 6. Two things. He says, be what? Be strong and offer good courage. 
For unto this people shall you thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Next verse. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which my Moses, uh, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left so that you may prosper whithersoever thou goest. Next verse. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall you make thy way prosperous, and then have good success. Now the only way to produce joy in your life is to stick with the word, and to meditate on God's word, and not on problems. He says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Don't postpone your breakthrough. Don't postpone enjoying life because of what you're going through. Because let me tell you, can I prophesy here? Yeah. Let me prophesy something to you. You're going to have problems. Yeah. <laughs> That's a powerful prophetic word. You're going to have problems. I don't care who you are. You might be the richest man in the world, you're going to have problems. That's just how it is. As long as we, how many of you realize that we're in a hostile territory? We're in, a, we're in a hostile environment. And guess what? All of us are going to have, man, you could be the most beautifulest woman in the world, Baba. That when you walk in, everything turns slow motion. Have you ever watched some of those movies? And your hair starts blowing. How do they how do they get that one? Is someone following you around with a fan? <laughs> Amen. You could be that person, but let me tell you, even the most beautifulest woman in the world faces some problems. You could be the strongest man in the world with biceps as big as someone's head. <laughs> but you will have problems. Because we are in hostile territory. That's just how it is. So you better take the thumb out of your mouth, take the pacifier out of your mouth, take the dummy out of your mouth, and get on with it. Just make a decision. Hey, listen, I'm going to grow up and get on with it. And as you do that, the power of God will kick in and it will begin to work with you. Someone say amen. amen. Let's go back to Matthew chapter number 14. Jesus said, be of good cheer. It is I, don't be afraid. Amen. Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. See, because when you get into fear, you're going to have some problems. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, before we go there, uh, Wilma, please may I have Psalm, 1 Samuel chapter number 30 from verse 1 to 7. First Samuel, chapter number 30, from verse 1 to 7. First Samuel. If you have it, say, I have it. Watch what it says. It says, And it came to pass, when David and his men were come to Ziglag. And let me tell you a little story about David. By this time, David was already anointed. So being anointed... Is not going to excuse you from problems. In fact, if you are anointed, you become the devil's target. 
He's coming. Man, have you ever noticed how anointed people have all kinds of problems? He's coming for your marriage. He's coming for your kids. He wants the ones that God has anointed for His work. Those are the ones He's targeting. Amen? Watch what it says. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it to the ground. And had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's how bad it was. They cried until they fainted. Amen? But watch what happens. Next verse. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Next verse. And David was greatly what? For the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. And every man for his sons and for his daughters. But. But. Notice, as long as David was distressed, as long as David was pitiful, as long as David was having a pity party, even though the situation was grime and bad, nothing happened. See, because stress does not provoke the power of God. Depression does not provoke the power of God. Feeling solely for yourself does not provoke the power of God. What provokes the power of God? Exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 14. Be of good cheer. Because that's where your strength is. Amen? Watch what he says. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiata the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. And Abiata brought hither the effort to David. Next verse. And David inquired at the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? In other words, shall I do something about this? See, buying junk food... And sitting on your couch and watching series as you cry doesn't change anything. What changes something is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to go out and do something. I know he left me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself the best dress in my closet. And I'm going to buy myself the best lunch. How many of you know that sometimes you need to buy yourself nice things? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm going to go out looking fly and I'm going to meet someone better than him. That's right. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> David inquired of the Lord. And when he inquired, you already had a solution. He said, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue. 
for the Lord shall surely overtake. See, God is always going to go ahead of you. What did Peter say? He says, Lord, if it be you, I want to come on, wa- on the water too. And what did Jesus say? What did he say? He says, come. God will never say, no, 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 that's too much for you. No, 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 gravity. No, 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 it's not going to work. No, God will never say that. For the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. God will always say yes to a divine strategy. God will always say yes when His children get out there to do something about their situation. Say, shall I do it? And God said, surely, I'm going to join you on this one. Amen? So, having a pity party. Do you know that when you have a pity party, you actually in, uh, 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 invite, impliedly, all of the demons and the devils and their friends? And they come and join you. And the, when they come to join you, they're not going to make it better either. <laughs> they always come to whisper something worse. Yeah. Amen? They always come and tell you, uh, uh, what if you never find anyone else like this fool that just left you? <laughs> of course, I'm going to find someone else better than this fool. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? They always come and whisper uh, weird things to you. You're never, you're, you're never going to make it. A- and it's your pity party and they're making it worse. Amen? So never have a pity party. Resolve to find strength in the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Matthew chapter number 14. Someone shout, I will, I will. not be stressed, but I will find... Strength in the joy of the Lord. Watch what he says in verse 29. Go to verse 29. <laughs> when, Jesus, when Peter had asked, uh, shall I come? What did Jesus say? And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. There's only two people that have been recorded in scripture to have walked on water. And that's Jesus and Peter. You know why? Because Peter decided, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm tired of sitting with these uh, average folk. In the... See, if you're going to live a supernatural lifestyle, there's going to be some getting out of the boat and walking on water. How many of you know that you can't walk on water sitting in the boat? You can't walk on water sitting in the boat with average people. What do they say about misery? They say misery loves company. See, success is lonely at the top. But guess what? I'm going to take my chances. I'm stepping right out of this boat. And do something that I've never done before. And that's what it's about. That's what faith is about. Every service, what do we say at the end? Second uh, Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by... Faith is a walk. Faith is not a sitting in the boat. Faith is a walking somewhere. Walk on water. Walk to something. Do something. Amen? Now, if someone says, Well, Pastor T, the Lord told me that uh, uh, in my faith, that in this season, I must not work. I must just not do anything. That's not coming from God. Amen? Because faith works. Faith does something with its hands. It's coming from the devil. In fact, we have a solution for that. Paul gave it to us. He said, he who does not want to work, must not also eat. So guess what? It's cool. 
You go ahead and do that, but I won't buy you a pizza. I won't give you anything. Man, I'll buy food and eat in your face. And I'm not, give, I'm not giving you anything. And guess what? It's also scriptural. That's right. Yeah. He who does not want to work. In fact, Paul was saying it for the second time. He said, you know that law we left with you? I'm saying it again. He who does not want to work. That, that man, can I say that? I can't say that here. That brother must also not eat. That dude, he must also not eat. Amen. <laughs> Y'all know what I wanted to say. He can't eat. He's not going to eat. Amen. <laughs> so, so, so Peter walked on water. Notice Peter walked on the word come. Peter acted on one word. Peter acted on one word. That's how uh, uh, reactive, if you will, Peter was to God's commandments. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to do it. Did you say come? I'm walking. And he stepped out and he began to walk. Next verse. But, someone say but. Notice, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. When he saw the wind boisterous, if, have you noticed, I'm sure you have by now, that all of this happened when, when Peter walked on water, Jesus, the storm was still brewing. Did you notice that? And when Peter stepped out of the boat, he walked on water. And then he started looking around and he saw the storm is brewing. And he thought to himself, my goodness, the storm is brewing and I'm walking on water. Well, let me tell you something, Peter. Even if the waters were still and calm, you wouldn't have walked on water. The reason you're walking on water is not because the water is, is giving you perfect conditions. No, the reason you're walking on water is because you're walking on the Word. Wow. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Man, it could have been a sunny day. Beautiful. You try it. Today is a sunny day. When you get home, you try and walk on your swimming pool. Amen. Amen. The reason he was walking on water was not because it was sunny and beautiful and all the conditions were con uh, uh, conducive for him to do that. No, that's a deception of the devil. The reason you are doing well in your business is not because of your ingenuity. It is not because the economy is doing well. See, because if you think it's the economy that's making you do well, you're going to observe the winds of economy. And when you watch the news, they'll tell you the economy is going down. And guess what? You are going to be afraid because you are thinking in your mind, I'm doing well. I'm walking on water because it's a good, conducive environment. No, it is not. It is hostile environment. And the reason why we are doing well is because we are walking on the Word. The reason why my marriage is doing well is because I'm walking on the Word. It is not because I'm in an, an environment that's conducive. No, it is against marriages. It is against people prospering. It is against people living in health. But guess what? I will do well not because of the environment, but because of the Word. Amen. I just keep walking on the Word and I'll do well. Amen. Amen? You just keep walking on the Word. What did He say about His Word in Psalm 89 verse 34? He says, My Word, My covenant, I will not break nor alter the thing that has gone forth out of My mouth. What did He say in Isaiah 55? He said, As the rain comes down and the snow and does not return wither, so shall My Word be that I speak and it proceeds out of My mouth. It will not return unto Me void, but it will accomplish everything, everything, everything. God's Word will accomplish everything. What did He say in uh, Hebrews 4.12. He said, my word is quick. Yeah. It does not mean his word is fast. It means his word is alive. Yeah. 
God's word is the only word that's alive. Yeah. It is the only book that can impart life. Bam! When you read it, you come alive on the inside of you. God's word is the only thing that will make immortal bodies come alive. Amen? It will quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah? And Peter began to observe. And as he was observing, he started considering... Oh, look at that wind. Oh, look at that wave. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. No, just focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Man, I'll tell you, man, have you ever watched the news? There's nothing encouraging on the news. I think only 1% out of the whole cast, out of the whole broadcast will be encouraging. Everything else is discouraging. In fact, when they have something encouraging, they make it a special because it's not in their norm. Yeah. <laughs> when someone donates money and they say, today we have a special edition because we never get to show you guys this. They, they, someone did something amazing. He donated money to a school and they make a whole big special out of it. You know why? Because 99% of what's they have, what they are feeding you is discouraging. It is discouraging. You cannot watch news and be encouraged. It's discouraging. And guess what? If you make it a, a, a habit in your life to observe the news, to observe the current affairs, and so on and so forth, you're going to be discouraged. Because there's nothing encouraging, man. <laughs> Have you ever picked up that little tabloid? Every time on the front cover, they're telling you about someone getting robbed, killed, raped, or something. Witchcraft. And people buy that and feed themselves with that. And they wonder why they are discouraged. Feed yourself with God's word. Amen? And as you do that, you will get some encouragement. He began to sing. You know why? Because he considered his environment. Give me uh, Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1. Do not consider the environment. The only thing you have to consider is his word. Amen? Just consider his word. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Watch what it says. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin that doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the, ran, the race that is set before us. How many of you would like to run the race? Yeah. He tells you how you can run the race. Next verse. Looking unto Jesus. This is how you run the race. You run the race looking unto Jesus. Yeah. Your focus has to be on Jesus. And how do you do that? You don't stand outside of your house, uh, Tate, and look up and, you know, what are you doing? I'm, no, I'm looking at Jesus. Because <laughs> he's sitting in heavenly places at the right end of the Father. No, the way you look unto Jesus is to look unto his word. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if you go down a few verses, it says, a few verses, it says and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst them. Jesus is His Word, and His Word is the same with Him. Is Jesus good? Yeah. That means His Word is good. Amen. That's right. Did you know that we cannot separate you from your Word? If your word is good, then you're good. You're a good man. But if your word is bad, you're a bad man. Amen? Watch what it says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. 
of the throne of God. Next verse. For consider Him. This is the only thing you should consider. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. If you consider something else, you will be wearied and faint in your minds. You will be tired all the time. You know why? Because there is discouraging stuff. Your own bank account is discouraging. Amen. There's discouraging stuff everywhere. Man, I get several opportunities in a day to be discouraged. I just don't take them. Man, there's so much to be discouraged about. You wake up in the morning, you get in your car to go to work, you can be discouraged about traffic. But I don't take it either. I'm not taking that discouragement. Amen. You can be discouraged about why aren't they building more roads. You can be discouraged about road works. You can be discouraged about your spouse. You can be di- Man, there's so many things to be discouraged about. But guess what? Just make a, re- a, a decision. I'm not taking any of that. I'm going to be focused. I'm only going to consider Jesus. Romans chapter number 4. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter number 4. Is this helping someone? Yes. Romans chapter number 4 from verse 16 to 22. Someone shout, I will will. focus my attention attention on Jesus Jesus. and His Word. And And that's it. That's it. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed, not that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Next verse. It is, as it is written, I made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and called those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in what? I didn't hear that. How do you stay connected to God and strong in faith? He considered not his own body. He considered not the circumstances. He considered not the job market. He considered not what was going on around him. His body was dead. He was an old man, a hundred years old, but the promise was still alive. Hallelujah. (laughs) Two hundred businesses are closing every single month. It's a reality. It's a fact. But I'm not considering that. I'm only considering what Jesus says about it. I'm only considering what his word say about it. Watch what he says. He did not consider his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He just didn't consider it. He's not saying it wasn't a reality. He just didn't consider it. 
Hey, Pastor T, um, uh, this year the rand is going to be at uh, 21, so will you still be taking a vacation out of South Africa into Europe? Yes, I will, because I'm not considering the rand. I'm just not considering. Is it a fact? Yes, it is a fact, but it won't affect me. Amen. Amen. He didn't consider it. He didn't consider it. Oh, Pastor T, they are not hiring people of my type. Well, they might not be hiring people of my type, but guess what? I'm not going to consider it. Because with me, it's going to be a different story. Amen. Don't consider. Don't consider the circumstances around you. And it's so funny, man. We have conferences. We have caucus meetings. at bribes to, to share uh, with each other some of this information so that we can lose our attention and our focus on the main thing. And start focusing on the, man, I'm not going to consider it. I'm not considering it for my family. I'm not considering it for my body. I'm, I'm just not considering it. The only thing I'm considering is his promise. Next verse, watch what it says. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for what? And I will impute to you that I have to stop because it's 11.30, eh? 